There are just two sleeps until the State of Origin opener. Billy Slater and Bradley Clyde join us on Inside the NRL to tell us why their state will win game one. Will Milking mar the spectacle? Maroons captain Daly Cherry Evans calls for a gentleman's agreement in Townsville. Brett Morris officially retires from Rugby League, so why does Jamie Sow consider him the best winger of all time? And it's been another long night for Adam O'Brien and his men, so why has Newcastle's season been so underwhelming? Hello, welcome to Inside the NRL. Yes, a massive week as we build up to State of Origin Game 1, two sleeps away. We cannot wait. The highlight of that headlines reel just then, Jamie Soward. You're, oh, you're already I'm laughing. I'm off the producers. Stitching you up there, of course, Brett Morris has announced his retirement from Rugby League. We'll get there shortly. We all can't wait for Wednesday night. Michael Chambers from the Sydney Morning Herald. Jamie Soward. Uh, Blues 5-8 in the past and Premiership winner. We love this time of year. Yeah, we certainly do. And it's the build-up now. And especially for New South Welshmen, knowing they have to go up there and win two games in Queensland, uh, or the first two games, hopefully, it's, uh, it's always a big build-up. All right, it's time to find out what left egg on Michael and Jamie's face. Well, faces. Yeah, faces. <laughs> this it's week big, it is one face. It is a big six-egg double omelette. Uh, we both said last <laughs> week that Callum Ponga was going to play for Queensland and I think about 30 minutes after the show finished, he was ruled out. So that's left egg on our face this week. So much for all these mind games that the Maroons play. Oh, we please. laughed at them, didn't we? We really We're still laughing at them. Well, we are still laughing at them. Well, it is time to get stuck into our State of Origin 1 preview, given uh, Wednesday night is the Origin opener in Townsville. Plenty of speculation around Dane Gagai. He's suffering from tonsillitis. Whether he will or won't play, Michael Chamis, your ears been to the ground. What are you hearing as the Maroons land in, uh, on home soil up there. Well, our track record suggests we're going to get this horribly <laughs> wrong anyway. So, no, look, Dane Gagai landed in Townsville with the Queensland team. He's feeling a little bit better than he had the last couple of days with tonsillitis. I don't think he's going to miss out on Origin. There's no, they, they haven't called in somebody <laughs> for a backup player for, for Queensland. Can we stop so. giving it air? I'm just Seriously. saying, the question was asked. Dane Gagai's in Townsville. If it was anyone else, I'd go, oh, they've got tonsillitis, a little bit of concern. Dane Gagai turns into Greg Inglis for Origin. <laughs> he's that good in Origin. He'll be ready to go. He'll be one of their main strike weapons. All right, all right let's bring in uh, Maroon Great to get his take on whether Dane Gagai will be fit or not. Billy Slater, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. What a week it's going to be up there in Townsville. Uh, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere up there. I'm, I'm a North Queensland boy myself, so looking forward to the game being up there in far North Queensland. Is uh, Dane Gagai going to be okay, Bill? I mean, you guys just find <laughs> a way every single year to manipulate the media. You know, he's a bit sick. He's just under the weather. Is he going to be okay, mate? Is he going to be able to play? I know we, we joke about this all the time and, you know, it's like, oh, another another injury cloud for Queensland, uh, another sickness, a virus has gone through the camp and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, Dane Gagai has missed the last two sessions, which are the most important sessions of the week in preparation for an Origin game. The, the Friday session leading into the weekend and then uh, the Sunday session is, is usually the most important leading into going to Townsville. So um, there's obviously an issue up there uh, with Dane Gagai um, that he's missed those two sessions. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure what his health is like. Um, the, the, the good thing about it is that he's not 
playing a key position. So that continuity within the team and how it's run is not going to be jeopardised. Um, but certainly defensive structures with his winger and his um, and his half that defends inside him um, would have had a, would have been great for for Dane to be out there training, but. Um, he's an experienced player, and if he gets out on the field, uh, we know how he performs at origin level. Well, Billy, you've lost one already this week. We expect Val Holmes to uh, wear the number one jersey on Wednesday night. Can you talk through Val Holmes' evolution as a fullback, mate? And are you confident in what he can do on, on the biggest arena, playing back at number one? Yeah, I've been really impressed with him, Michael, over the last probably month of football. Um, he's taken a little bit to, to find his feet back in the NRL, but he's spent the last 18 months playing in the NRL, a little bit of wing, but but mostly fullback. And um, I just see his fitness levels, you know, hitting the, the mark now. And he's got a really clever passing game um, at, at the back. So we all know what he what he brings running the football, and and he's always going to do that, Val. But his in, involvements have been really high, and um, just been really impressed with with what I've seen uh, over the last month with the number one on his back. So yeah, no hesitations of throwing Val. In, in the fullback spot and Cole Felt's another one that's really deserved his opportunity he's been waiting in the wings for for a number of years now he, he was very close last year but went down with a groin injury and um, really pleased to give him a chance as well Bill you're expecting the Queenslanders to change their style with no KP at the back obviously Val's more of a running fullback you play in between the numbers and try and dominate through that forward pack and get Valentine Holmes into the game like he has been for the Cowboys yeah, look, Sally, you want to play to play his strengths, and Val's running game is certainly a strength of uh, of, of the Queenslanders now that he's playing at fullback. Um, the, the other thing I, I thought Queensland did really well last year was move the football. Um, they used a lot of width, and um, I think they, they did that better than New South Wales. So you don't want to go away from that either. And like I just mentioned, Val's got a really clever passing game uh, in his kit bag as well. So... Um, I don't think they'll change too much how they play. Um, that'll that'll be up to Paul Green. But you want to try and balance as a fullback. You want to try and balance your game anyway. You want to you want to bring your your strengths in your running game to the fore, but but also have that ability to distribute to the outside men. Billy, the storyline last year around Wayne Bennett and what he was able to do with that Queensland side it's shifted now. Paul Green gets his chance. They're pretty big shoes to fill, and I, I guess given the fact that Queensland had won last year, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Paul Green to emulate again again this year. Yeah, for sure. And coaches, different coaches bring different aspects and uh, different style. Um, but don't underestimate how much Wayne brought in terms of belief and trust into this group. Um, they're a series-winning origin outfit now, and they would have got a whole heap of confidence from last year's series. So, um, you know, with that, you've got to replicate it, and there's always pressure around at origin. But I think Wayne Bennett did a fantastic job by instilling belief in, in individuals in this group and also in the group as a, as a collective to, to follow the, um, you know, the eight straight. I think, I think we won 11 out of, out of 12 series. To follow that would have been really hard, but they've gone out and done it off their own bat and um, now it's time for them to back it up. We didn't ask you about the streak, mate. Okay, <laughs> we know you beat in 2011, mate. You just have to dig the boot in. Typical Queenslander. So his heads in his. I'm devastated head. because that wasn't the question. Just thought, I just thought you forgot about it. Yeah, so mate. I, I clearly you, don't. Mate. Uh, listen, I want to talk about combinations for New South Wales. Obviously, when you and Cameron and Cooper played for Queensland, that was a you know a jump start into camp. But how important are combinations for yep. New South Wales this year? They've gone with the hot hand, you know, Luai and also Cleary, but also Isaiah Yo 
in that 13 role, a, a, a pivotal role for New South Wales. Yeah, it's a really smart move by uh, Freddie to, to pick as many Panthers as possible. They're in great form and, and they understand each other's game. Um, they're in key positions also. You, you've got the six and seven and, and you throw the 13 in, in Isaiah Yeo. Well, he's the link man between the two. So it just gives you a, a head starting preparation. It's like you've had all year to prepare for your origin because you go in there knowing and understanding how people play and, and what they're trying to do. Um, it's just about getting the other guys to to jump on board the, their style because, um, to be honest, it's it's a really dangerous way to play that uh, the way the Panthers play and um, just gives them a, a huge head start leading into this game one. Billy, throughout your career, you played against many rookies in Origin. New South Wales played a lot of rookies. What did you always tell your teammates about targeting them, someone like Jerome Luai this week? If you were playing, what would you be saying to your teammates? Um, it's It's not so much about... Uh, identifying targeting them. It's about you playing your best football and and your best football will will unearth any deficiencies in the opposition. So there's no doubt that Jerome Luai is going to get a bit of traffic thrown at him, but it's it's no different to the NRL. You've you know your three ins are always going to make some tackles. Um, you know, so it's just about putting them under pre- as much pressure as possible and and start getting that little man in, on their shoulder to start talking to them a little bit earlier than it w- would happen in an NRL game. So I don't think you go out there trying to do anything different. You still want to play to your strengths and play your own game, but any opportunity, I'm sure Jerome Luai will be making some tackles. Billy, you grew up in Innisfail, uh, three hours north of Townsville. Did you ever picture a day that State of Origin will be played no. up in far north Queensland? And how proud are you that this game will be played there on Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm. I'm really proud, and I'm. I'm really grateful for the people of North Queensland. I, it's a religion up there. Rugby league is a way of life. Um, I, I grew up in the area, and I know how much it means to people. You, you see how far people come and travel just for a Cowboys game. So for them to get an opportunity to to go and watch a state of origin game in Townsville, uh, there's a state of the art stadium up there. I don't think we'll, we might not see it ever again. Um, so this is going to be an incredible atmosphere. And for the people of North Queensland, they deserve it. They they give their life and their heart and soul to rugby league. And um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic night. Billy, what do you make of this suggestion players are taking dives at the moment? I think Cherry Evans came out and said he wants a gentleman agree- gentleman's agreement between the two teams that no one takes a dive. Is that realistic? Like, when the game is on the line, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. If it's 20-all <laughs> and someone gets clipped high right in front of the sticks, I don't know, what do you do? What do you do? It's it's a part of the game. And, look, I, I think I think it looks bad on you if you, if, if you do take a dive. But, look, everyone's, you know, everyone's different about the situation. Some people get up, some people stay down. So... I don't think you're going to get a collective on it. Um, it's just the way it is at the moment. And unfortunately, we, we haven't got that consistency um, in the adjudication of, of these new rules just now. We're, we're getting closer. I think they're doing an amazing job. The the referees, they're, they're like the players are thinking on their feet and trying to adapt to the situation. But um, it's just what we have at the moment. And look, I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. I think the players will be really conscious of um, of how they're defending and, and doing the right thing. And I think the referees are understanding, you know, what's on the severe end that will 
put someone in the sin bin. So I don't think we'll have too much of an issue on Wednesday night. Billy, last year, Wayne Bennett and his Maroons pulled off an old-fashioned ambush. Uh, the worst team in history it was, dubbed by some New South Welshman, uh, talking about the mm-hmm. Maroons. But the Blues will be more mindful of it this year. If Queensland are to win on Wednesday night, what is their edge and how do they exploit the Blues? Yeah, well, we don't come up with those tags. Uh, that comes from people south of the border. So, oh, look, you know... Oh, I think New South Wales, you know, there's no bigger motivation than than defeat. New South Wales will be hurting from last year's series. There's no doubt about that. They would have been waiting for this opportunity to to play again, and it's come around really quick for them. Um, look, if Queensland win, I, I think it's it's going to like they're going to be really aggressive with their defence. They they were like that last year, uh, physical with their defence. But when they get the football, Queensland moved the football really well and. And that pulled New South Wales apart. It probably surprised them a little bit. So um, now I think it'll be those tactics and, you know, just execution. You know, you don't get too many opportunities at origin level. And, you know, when you get them, you want to ice the game. One last question before we let you go. Matt Dufty, you were there on Thursday night. The Dragons fans are scratching their heads at the moment, wondering what's going on with the club, deciding that they're not going to re-sign him. Do you see anything in what he's doing to suggest that's the right decision? Um, look, everyone's got their own opinion of of things, and and I know clubs plan for the future. Um, look, I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was Matt Dufty. He's playing really good football. You know, he's he scored two tries on the weekend, set up five, and you know I've been really impressed with um, with, with his game. Um, he's going to find another club. You know, he's got a future in the game. He's going to find another club, and it might be the best move that he's ever made. So he might go to somewhere with that. He plays even better football and he develops himself even further. So, um, look, if that's the way the Dragons are going, I don't know what their plans are moving forward. I I don't see a better option at the Dragons in terms of their number one at the moment. But, um, you know, they've obviously got a plan moving forward. Um, There's a member of the Dragons staff on your (laughs) panel that might know a little bit more than me. But, yeah, look, everyone's got their own opinions of things and their own way of, of doing things. It might be the best decision the Dragons ever make. You know, we're looking back in three or four years' time. So, yeah, it's really hard to sort of look in hindsight. But he's a great player, Matt Dufty. He's probably in the top five fullbacks in the NRL. And like I said, he's going to find himself a home somewhere and someone will be looking for a fullback, that's for sure. Well, Billy, we'll get Sowie's opinion on that a little bit later on in Hit or Miss. But as always, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Oh, thanks, and best Bill. of luck to your state on Wednesday night. No luck needed, guys. <laughs> a confident Queenslander, as always. Remember, you can watch uh, Origin 1 live and exclusive on Channel 9. It's the only place you can watch a game unless you're there. So that's Billy, all the other confident Queenslanders and the game. But there are still some tickets if you want to head along to Queensland Country Bank Stadium. More tickets will be, be released at 2pm tomorrow. So uh, the first lot or second lot winners like hotcakes. Make sure you get your tickets uh, at nrl.com slash tickets. All right, it's now time to talk all things New South Wales with a Blues great. Bradley Clyde, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Thanks for the invitation. Now, it's been 32 years since you made your Origin debut. You made it at lock. Isaiah Yo played one game last year, but he starts for the first time in the Origin arena. What do you like about the Blues number 13? Uh, the fact that he's got plenty of experience, he's, um, uh, he's a mature player, he's from the country, uh, he's a, a grounded player, he's, um, 
uh, he he's had to um, earn his stripes um, after a, a, quite a few years in the NRL. He's um, found himself in a, a winning team, and and they certainly are doing that well. Um, uh, so he's more than Ernie Stripes now. He, he's playing and uh, the best football that he's played, but it's no coincidence that he's developed a, a lot of cohesion with his his teammates and they're playing for one another. And uh, I really enjoy watching them play their football. Um, so I imagine that they're enjoying playing their football with each other. Brad, New South Wales have gone with three lock forwards in their team. Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray and Jake Trebojevic. What does that say about the way Freddie is planning to play on Wednesday night? Well, there can never be too many lock forwards on the <laughs> field. Uh, the more you pick, the, the better. Um, look, I, I think... Um, I think that uh, there'll be some ball movement. I, I think it's healthy to have the, your forward take the ball to the line with options and um, with those lock forwards, they, they can all use the football. And um, uh, I, I think we sort of fell into that trap last year that we probably didn't move the ball enough and where, where Queensland did. Um, so uh, I, I would think that that would be a part of the strategy. Brad, you spoke about the cohesiveness of the Penrith Panthers. What was that like going into Origin Camp, knowing that you had Ricky Stewart and Laurie Daly? Did that help you in your preparation to play the Queenslanders? It sure does, so, and it provides that element of confidence that you're you're going into these big games knowing each other's play. And if there is a half an opportunity, so in these games there's probably four or five opportunities that will present themselves in these big games. And if you don't take them and convert them into points, well, they they won't come around again. They don't come around too often. You've really got to have those players to be able to convert those points. And, and that's um, the cohesion, knowing each other's, uh, the way they play their game, those, those little intricate insights can certainly help. Uh, move that scoreboard in the right direction. Bradley, New South Wales have headed up to enemy territory today. I hate to remind you, but you lost four of your five origin matches up in Queensland. It's back-to-back games for the Blues up in Queensland. Game two is at Suncorp Stadium. Is it series over if they don't win in Townsville on Wednesday? Well, they would have hopped off a plane there today and uh, it would be a little bit warmer and um, uh, they'd have to talk a little bit slower to the locals. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that, uh, no, I, I, I obviously, uh, in theory, the, the series is still well alive if they don't win, but um, I, I would think it, it's very desperate for them to turn things around immediately after last year. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's been a long year waiting and, and I, I heard Billy Slater speak about the, the the hurt. It couldn't have come around quick enough for these guys uh, to be tortured by that uh, loss, that series loss last year. So, look, um, if you need any motivation, just uh, watch that series. Brad, a bit of talk about the, you know, obviously moving to Townsville, not playing in Melbourne and what that does for this New South Wales team with exciting players like Jerome Luai. Do you, do you buy into that? you think that's an advantage for New South Wales actually having a dry track and not a dewy night in Melbourne? 
I think it's an advantage for both teams, to tell you the truth. It, it, uh, the, no matter where the, the game's being played, it's um, still the same dimensions of a footy field. I think uh, for a dry track for both teams for this time of year, would they'll really relish it. Uh, I, I can't help but think that the, the Penrith players will certainly jump all over it, um, given the opportunity to be able to throw the ball around and, and um, uh, enjoy their football together. Brad, what's the one thing that New South Wales need to get right to win Origin 1? I I think they really need to respect the opposition. Uh, I think they really need to... um, And then from that moment, they they need to just concentrate on their game plan, their, uh, their, their focus about their single role that they, as an individual, that their role that they need to fulfill uh, for the 80 minutes and the game is is an 80 minute game it's not 20 it's not 30 you've really got to put your shoulder to the wheel for the 80 minutes because anything can happen in a state of origin and and these guys need to be prepared for that and um, the guys that represented the the blue jersey last year and and um, were unsuccessful I'm sure they'll be heavily motivated to turn things around. Bradley, thanks so much for your time here on Inside the NRL and best of luck to your Blues on Wednesday night. Yeah, I don't think we'll need uh, too many fingers crossed, but um, he's hoping. Both the Queenslanders and Blues greats are very confident heading into game one. Of course, Bradley is a Coates ambassador and thanks to Coates, you could win a VIP experience, the ultimate VIP experience for game two at Suncorp Stadium on Sunday, June 27. To win, tell us in 25 words or less which NRL player you would have on your work site and why, if you win, you'll spend the night with Bradley and Trevor Gilmeister. Head to nrl.com to enter. I don't know who I'd have. There's a lot of NRL players I'd have on my job site. I wouldn't have myself on there. (laughs) Xavier Coates, that would be a good fit. You like that one? (laughs) (laughs) Liam Martin. Yes. Origin. All right, Uh, it's time to wrap up our Origin preview. As Michael and Billy Slater spoke about earlier in our chat with Billy, uh, there's a lot of talk about milking at the moment. Here's what Maroons captain Daly Cherry Evans had to say ahead of Wednesday's match. I think think it's definitely going to be a bit of a gentleman's agreement, to be honest. As players, we all know what Origin's about. Um, We all know what it means to each other, to the fans, to the game. Everyone's going to put everything out there and I don't think there'll be too much of that sort of play going on. That You know, that's sportsmanship at the end of the day. So if someone wanted to do that, that's fine. But uh, I think Origin's a different beast and I think everyone's looking forward to just playing their hardest and their toughest. And as a result, we'll see a lot of free-flowing footy and not too many people staying down, to be honest. I don't want to have to come off talking about referees. I don't think that's fair to them. Um, They've been under a lot of scrutiny this year. Um, So hopefully we can let the footy do the talking as players. Yeah, that was Maroon skipper Daly Cherry Evans. Sowie, does that gentleman's agreement go out the window given both teams will do anything to win Origin 1 at all costs? Well, I think players do every single week, but what the players need to realise right now is they've got a responsibility to the game and then to the fans as well. And, you know, if, they, if they're coming in blowing up about the product, they're out there doing it. On the weekend, we saw Dane Laurie stay down and then score a try two minutes later. Tyron Peachy not get in the, hit in the head but stay down and then you know, be, try and be in the attacking set. So I think on Wednesday night, you're going to see the referee. He can't say get up if someone gets hit in the head because he doesn't know how serious it is. But I think you'll see it refed like Origin normally is. I don't think you'll see too many disruptions at all. It's, it's a problem going forward, though. H- how do we solve this? Is it, you if, make him go off. That's, that's the answer, isn't it? You it, make him go off for five minutes. The rules say that 
the trainers, if they call time off, the player has to leave the field. But if the referee calls time off because the player isn't getting up, perhaps they have to go off for two or three minutes. Dane Laurie was motionless. <laughs> and then winked. And then winked. Yeah, that that's not sportsmanship. And people will pull out footage and probably say, oh, I did it once upon a time, but it's a different world now. Yeah, to what we're to what it was ten years ago. You M- could actually get milk at the concussions, different to taking a dive. Yeah. All right. Really quickly, uh, where will the game be won and lost, Michael? Uh, New South Wales halves. If they aim up, they'll win. If they don't, then I think Queensland will get it done. Sowie. If New South Wales forwards can break even in the pack, they've got too many points in the outside backs. All right. So the Blues have to dominate in the pack, and then their halves need a big one as well. Uh, plenty on the line for two footy fans as well. Of course. Uh, thanks to NRL Pick'em, they're vying for $1 million. We revealed last week that that's what uh, everyone would be going for if you enter for Pick'em. So the three punt- uh, the two punters left picked the correct margin in three games across the weekend and they've both gone for different margins in Origin 1. That's wow. the last game. One has gone for Blues 1-6, to six, the other one has gone for Blues 7-12. to 12. Blues 7-12. Okay, so it's a ma- imagine, imagine watching a game. For a million. Oh, Watching a game knowing that you could take home a million dollars. Can you get them tickets to the game? Because I want to see live reactions throughout the match. That That'd is fascinating. Gr- we'll get on. We'll get, we'll, live we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that. That's a good idea. Exclusive here on NRL.com. All right, now focusing on the big news in the NRL today. And Brett Morris has officially announced his retirement from rugby league. It's news we expected after the 34-year-old ruptured his ACL against Newcastle earlier this year. Here's what BMOS, BMOS had to say earlier today. You never want to go out in the way that I did with the injury and whatnot, but um, you know, if, you know, you told me 15 years ago, you put a contract in front of me and said I was going to play 270 games, I was going to, you know, win a couple of premierships, I was going to play for my state, I was going to play for my country, but it was going to end up on a, a night in Newcastle without my family there, and I was going to blow out my knee. I'd still say where do I sign? You know, the mind telling me that I could probably keep playing. I think the knee blowing out was my body's way of saying, all right, champ, you've had a good run. It's uh, enough's enough. We can't replace what Brett's done on the field over 270 games and 16 seasons, but um, it was a blessing to have him play at this club for three years and to see the way that he played and he can continue to pass that on. Yeah, it's sad to think that we will never see BMOS out playing again on a rugby league field, Sowie. Why is he the greatest swinger of all time? Oh, just the way he competed, the way he finished tries. You know, it was a... He, he, to think... People don't realise he actually started 09 when Wayne came to the club in reserve grade and worked his way back in after Dell got injured and came back in and scored 45 tries, I think, in two years. But just his competitiveness, he's one of those guys you love in the locker room. Yeah, great family guy, great dad, great player. But I think what really cemented his greatness was when he went to the Roosters after lean years at the Bulldogs, reinvented himself into one of the best defensive wingers in the game. You know, that grand final against the Canberra Raiders, they peppered him the whole night and he went close to winning that Clive Churchill medal. You know, I don't care what anyone says, he was outstanding that night. So, uh, yeah, he's the, the greatest of all time for me and the last person of the 2010 Dragons to retire. So, yeah, that's we're all done now, we're all old. Michael, what does Brett's retirement mean for his brother Josh and his plans for next year? I think yeah, we've seen with the, the Morris boys, they're not, a, they're not selfish players. So I think the conversation with Josh Morris and the Roosters is going to be, do you still need me? Because we obviously know Joseph Manu's there and they've got Joseph Suwali, Joseph Suwali coming through. So if the Roosters feel as though Suwali's ready to be a full-time centre, which I don't think many are doubting, then there's a question there that the conversation will be had. Does, is Josh Morris required going forward? So how does he play on? He'll play on. All right. 
It's time for this week's Casualty Ward, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And unfortunately, Eels hooker Reid Marnie has been ruled out of Origin 1. Of course, he was only 19th man, but uh, he injured his shoulder against the Knights yesterday, which impacts his club and rep ambitions. Brad Arthur said he will be sidelined for a couple of weeks. The Broncos, meanwhile, have confirmed Anthony Milford requires surgery to repair meniscus damage in his knee. He'll miss four to five weeks. In better news, Kobe Hetherington's sprained foot isn't as bad as first feared and he's in line to face the Raiders. Stormback rower Kenny Bromwich is set to miss a fortnight with a rib injury. Moses Embai and Thomas McKayley will both have to overcome knee injuries to take on the Eels on Sunday. Dragons forward Puasa Farmasili failed an H- a HIA and will need to get through the relevant tests to ensure that he's right to play this week. And it's a big news for the Roosters. Trent Robinson has indicated Boyd Cordner is nearing a return. The tricolour skipper is set to make his NRL comeback around the round 18, round 19 mark. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. It's been a topic ever since they beat the Broncos. The Dragons should backflip on their decision to not re-sign Matt Dufty beyond this year. Michael, I'll go to you first. I want to say hit, but I, I, I just feel as though the Dragons have ju- jumped the gun. I don't think they've made the decision. I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I think they've made it too soon. I, I think the jury's still out on Cody Ramsey whether he's going to be a number one. Now, if Cody Ramsey isn't the, the man there and, and, and he shows that he's not ready to be fullback then I don't know why the Dragons are releasing Matt Dufty because they didn't make a play for Nico Hines in the end. They looked at it, but they never made a formal offer. If they had Nico Hines in, in the works, then I could understand, but it's a lot of pressure on Cody Ramsey, especially if people are, a lot of people out there saying that he's not quite ready to be the number one. Sowie? <laughs> <laughs> My bottom's sore. I'm going to sit on the fence here. Uh, look, I think that you know, Matt, the way that Matt played the other day shows that he's got the X factor, and I don't think you listen to Billy Slater, the greatest fullback of all time talk about he won't have a problem finding a club um, I'm not privy to those discussions uh, but what I do know is that you know, for Matt to be a, a top line fullback in the NRL he's going to have to keep working at his game and I think that on the weekend is one of the best attacking games that we've seen but defensively still needs to aim to get up with those top ones because the best fullbacks in the game stop tries more than they set them up so um, I don't know what's going on you know, behind the scenes but um, I'll sit on the fence. Arguably the best Ever fullback Billy Slater said he's in the top five informed fullbacks. Yeah, in the game. no, I'd, I'd res- respectfully disagree. You know, with those other guys, you think of Tom Tr- Turbo, uh, Teddy, Latrell, RTS, Walsh. Yeah. yeah, there's there's some guys out there that are informed. All right, state of origin needs to be kept se- separate to the NRL season. So that's either standalone through, throughout the year or at the end of the year. So we hit standalone through the middle. With no look again, no disrespect to the Tigers, but you can't have that happen on, in our middle of our year. The Panthers have worked so hard to get themselves a start in this competition, to go back to the finals, to go back and redeem themselves, and they're pa- penalised for getting teams in, getting players in the Origin arena. We did it in 2011. We went into Origin first, had eight players involved in Origin come out fifth. There's no reward for that. And if you have three weeks off, then you get a chance to be able to have the best product on the field as a run into the finals. There's no leg-ups in this competition. Why should the teams that struggle at the start of the year get the teams? And we, we did it at the Dragons when we'd play Melbourne. You know, when you knew you weren't a, a top-four side, you wanted Melbourne in the origin because you knew you are going to win. 
Yeah, well, well, you had a very good chance of beating Melbourne, whereas if they were full strength, you, you wouldn't have been able to beat them. Yeah, the, the NRL will argue it's a natural level. I guess the teams at the bottom a chance. And it, but why do they get a chance? Oh, if they're not I, good I enough to beat them full strength, why do they get a chance? Yeah, no, I, I take your point. And this is, this is the, what you said about Penrith and the Tigers. Penrith have won like 30 of 31 games. I went back and looked, looked at that. No team since 1925 has had a better record. South Sydney, 1925. To be able to, in 31 games, win 30 of them, only one team in 100 years has done that. Like, we were talking about greatness with the, with the Panthers and what they've been able to do. And unfortunately, Origins has crueled their chances of going on to, to eclipse that record. So it's a hit for you. I don't know what I said. So it should have been hit? separate? Is it middle of the year? Oh, yeah, middle stuff? of the year. Can't be, we learnt last year. It can't be at the so end. So separate, standalone, mid-year? Yes. All right, let's take a look at how the ladder looks heading into the back end of 2021. Panthers, Storm, Eels and Rabbitohs are out in the, the top four. But let's focus on fifth uh, to 14th. Uh, two wins separate sixth to 14th. Uh, remarkable, really, Sowie, that it's so close mm. in that area of the table. So the top eight is signed, sealed and delivered. Miss for me. Um, there's a couple of big weeks coming up. I mean, you know, I'd like to say the Dragons are going to stay there. They're going to have to perform against some teams, you know, that they should beat. Cowboys, but there's some games coming up that are going to favour some of those teams. So I think, you know, a team like the Cronulla Sharks, they get Penrith off the back of Origin. Can they go on a little bit of a run? The Warriors tend to lose close games, so they're going to be able to score points, whether they can leapfrog. But the worrying thing for those teams is, apart from the Cowboys, their for and against is starting to get worse. And with the game opening up more, Chamis, in terms of points, it's going to be hard to overturn a deficit like that. Yeah, I'm with you, Sal. It's a, it's a miss for me. The Knights, Pierce and Pongerback could go on a run. Raiders, it just could click for so a So who comes in? So if it's a miss, who definitively... To be honest, with the 13 and 14. I, with Pierce back in the next couple of weeks, Raiders, with if they find a gear, I could see 13 and 14. They're two points outside the eight. The for and against the Knights is diabolical, but... I could see those two, if it comes together, going on a run. Sour, you're shaking your head. Who yeah. comes in if it's a miss for you? Uh, I think the Sharks might be able to do something. All right, time to move on. Tim Sheens will help the West Tigers return to finals by 2022. That's next year. Uh, miss. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Tim Sheen's role is. I think when you bring back successful people to the club, they're always there in a positive light. But, you know, if they would need to see... What I saw on Friday night, I haven't seen for a long time and I need to be able to see it week to week before I start saying they're going to make the eight. Uh, it's a miss for me. I, I think the Tim Sheens were... It, part of the reason is optics but also recruitment. Hopefully, there's no doubt a problem there. They haven't been able to land a big fish for a while now and they hopefully someone of Tim Sheens' ilk in the game will help that. So, um, yeah, for me it's a miss. I don't think the Tigers are, have recruited well enough yet to suggest they'll play finals football and I don't think Tim Sheens has got... Many options left heading into 22. All right. Injuries are not to blame for Newcastle's underwhelming 2021 season. They are not to blame. So it's more than injuries. Uh, yes. Hit. <laughs> Hit. Look, the Knights just haven't been good enough. Yeah, on the weekend, old boys day, I get it. They're under strength. They're missing some players. And they come up against a Parramatta side that really had to try and get back in that winner's circle. But we just... I watched the Knights play... And this is frustrating across the board from the bottom 10 teams. I watched the Knights play in Wagga against Canberra and came back from 16-0 down. And it was one of the best wins I've seen the Knights have in terms of hanging in there, grittiness and toughness. Now I see them at home like that on the weekend, 40 points to four, in, in front of their old boys. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. miss for me. I, I think if Caelan and Pierce play, they're 
a better team than what they are. They're probably in the eight right now. I will say, though, having them not there has highlighted a real problem. Kalen and Pierce have them there in the eight. They're two points outside right now. They can't mm, win one more game. Nah. Have you seen the eight? It's on 12 points. The Dragons are in eight. They're so inconsistent. All right, Mike Acevo has become the third fastest player to score 50 tries in NRL history. The other two, Suliasi Vunavalu and Semi Radradra, did it in 53 and 52 games respectively. Sevo did it in 59. The highest all-time by a Fijian is Aquila the Thriller Uate. He has 129. So, with Mike Acevo scoring 50 in 59 games, he will be the most prolific Fijian try scorer the game has ever seen. Sowie. Miss. I'm with you, Chucky. Chucky Uate, he was a wrecking ball for a couple of years. 129, he's still got it. What's he got to get? 79 80. tries. Yeah, 80 tries. Nah, That's four I'm years. with Chucky. That's four years. I'm going to back him in here. I'm gonna, I think Parramatta are going to go on a, a run where you'll see the winger score 20 tries a, tw- 20 tries a year. 20 next, tries a week. 20 tries a year. <laughs> for the next four years, Mike Acevo. I mean, I'm backing him. He's 27, turns 28 in October. He's oh, signed until the end of 2023. Exactly. I knew I'd have some ammo <laughs> no, on you kidding, there. I'm backing him. Because I, I thought he was younger. Yeah. Yeah, I did think he was younger. He started late. All right, it's t- time now for Champ and Chump. But, of course, before I took this segment over this year, it was Champ or Chump. So All let's right. go old school okay. and determine whether someone is a champ or a chump. Okay. And we're going to the Challenge Cup semi-final. Yes. Uh, have you see how he's seen this? Uh, St Helens against Hull FC. Sadly, Josh Griffin goes down with a ruptured Achilles. And Theo Fags picks the ball up and goes, thank you, I'm going to score a try here. Yeah, Theo Fags, a chump. He's old mate's torn his Achilles in a semi-final there. Congratulations to St Helens, but, yeah, chump for me. Uh, yeah... Look, I'm not angry at him, but it's chumpy. Yeah, it's chumpy. So he's torn his Achilles. Oh, in that Sowie. situation, Sowie. can the captain Sowie. go up to the referee and say, can we take Hang that on. back? Heat of the moment. He doesn't know that. Heat of the moment. You're in that NRL game, semi-final, whatever. Uh, ball's dropped. Mate, how many, how many times do you see players go down around them and players stop and don't go in and finish the tackle because they've done their knee, if they've done it? I remember up. Brett Morris did it one year playing for the Dragons and Justin Hodges gave him a... Uh, Pick the ball up. No, he smashed him. Well, yeah. Before. Well, there you well go. I'm picking. I'm picking that all three of us would pick up that ball and score a try. No. Nah. Look at that. He's mate. It's he's chump, gone it's down. On the, it's on the chump side of it. Yeah. He's gone down. What did Theo think it was? He's just gone. Oh, here you go, mate. Here, I'm going to drop the ball with cramp, please. Yeah. No, nah, chump. <laughs> all right. It's your week for champ and chumps. Uh, Chambers, take it away. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the West Tigers Panthers game on Friday night. We'd almost Stephen Crichton's been in the, uh, the headlines over the last few months in regards to what happened with, with Joe Tarpanay a few uh, back in round two or three, I think it was. And he brought him into the huddle here, and people were labelling Crichton and the Panthers arrogant for what happened here. Uh, look, I, I think it's good theatre. I think it's good for the game to have some rivalry and some hatred. And we saw something on the weekend after the the, uh, the Panthers went down to the Tigers. We'll see here that the match-defining try at the end here from Stefano Otokamanu here. And look at, look at Adam Dewey. He's into Stephen Crichton. He takes it well, though, Stephen Crichton. He has a bit of a laugh about it. And then Tommy Talao and Sean Bloys, look at that. They grab him. They bring him into the team huddle here. It's, uh, you know, you want to dish it, you got to take it. And uh, he, he did take it well. So it's a champs for all round, for the Tigers and for Stephen Crichton laughing at <laughs> Okay, off. and what about Chump? My Chump... Because a lot of people way. think that's Chumpish behaviour. That is Love very it. Chumpish. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, just the way they handle it. I thought it was funny. And I thought Stephen Crichton, if he started blowing up, then you would left with egg on his face. He'd be in the segment next week. But he didn't blow up. So... My chump now is Philip Sami. What was going on? The match on the line, honestly, 
this this like a no look pass in this situation, they're going to win. They're going to win. What's he doing? Well, I don't know if they would have won because he would have had to kick it, and it would have been twenty all if he does kick it. But the Gold Coast Titans on the weekend. Oh yeah, they're up there with the Raiders, most disappointing. But that's but this is this just draw and pass, champion. Anyway, that's my All right, it's uh, NRL teams time tomorrow here on uh, at, on NRL.com. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah will be in to reveal all the lineups for round 14. As soon as they drop, remember, it's back to a full round in the NRL this weekend after Origin 1. They'll be on air at 3.55pm Australian Eastern Standard Time before we announce, or they announce, the official teams. <laughs> Lineups from 4pm. Now, Sowie, you are laughing at... <laughs> because every time this bloke put Mark Hughes Foundation, go out and support beanies uh, for brain cancer around, go and do it. But every time he puts it on, he looks like the robber from Home Alone. <laughs> you know, that's missing the tooth. <laughs> of course, it is beanies for brain cancer round in round 15, which is next week in the NRL. Here are some of the beanies, some examples of them. You head to markhughesfoundation.com.au or your local IGA to grab your beanies. Uh, the 25 bucks, the toddler beanies are just $20 and it all goes to the fight against uh, brain cancer and trying to find a cure. Sowie, <laughs> I know you love getting stuck in your mate there at the end, but <sighs> moment. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. As we mentioned earlier, Brett Morris has officially retired from rugby league. What a career it was. Here's our tribute to Brett Morris.